Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 15, season three of The Standoff with Brad and Richie. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, it was a shorter round, um, and most of the games were entertaining, but those Warriors really know how to um, kick a man while he's down, and um, they're the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to our new section. Um, but how was your week? My week was fantastic. Thanks, mate. Um, I did enjoy the few games that they, that, that were played, but um, yeah, no, the Warriors, not so much. But, you know, um, the game, taking the game aside, they've... They've kept themselves in the news for us, so that'll keep Definitely. us busy, I'm sure. And due to that, we're going to have a little bit of a change in our, our structure for tonight's show, but I'll get into that very shortly. But while we're live here on Wednesday evenings at 8, you can also catch our show at your convenience um, on the podcast on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. So as I said, we've got a little bit of a change with um, our schedule tonight. Um, we're going to start off with our top stories of the week. We'll then go into a review of round 13, an update of our tips. We'll then stop and um, twist that knife a little bit and discuss the Warriors and Nathan Brown um, in its own little segment before going into some questions from you guys and questions that we've got for each other. We'll then preview State of Origin Game 1 and Round 14 and make our picks before ending the night, hopefully, um, depending on how we go with the Nathan Brown chat, um, with a bit of Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show, and we may as well just jump into our stories of the week. Let's do it. All right. So with um, Brownie happening a little bit later, the first one I've got up on the uh, the news board here is the West Tigers have now fired Michael Maguire. Um, Brett Morley's going to take over as interim coach. Um, I had an interesting note when I looked at it. The Tigers had a buy this week. So you think if they're going to make this decision, they would have done it a bit earlier to give Brett Kamali some time with the team. Um, what is your take on Madge Maguire getting the flick? 
yeah, I'm not surprised. As as you know, we, he was our tip uh, at the start of the year as, you know, who we thought would be the first coach to be sacked. So it's probably more the timing of it is weird for me. You know, he's he's had a lean time of things and I kind of thought he was on very, very thin ice after the last round of last year when the Tigers got belted by the Bulldogs. Yeah. Nobody, nobody gets belted by the Bulldogs. I thought, I thought writing was on the wall for him then. Uh, so I'm a bit surprised he's lasted this long. Uh, I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I think probably just not the right fit there. So interesting to see what happens uh, career-wise for Madge now. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't mind him as a coach. And I think one thing the Tigers have done that I've been wishing we saw out of our own team, the Warriors, is. They they might be losing every week, but they're giving it a hundred percent. You yeah. you can't you can't sit there and say the Tigers aren't trying. Um, you can see they're they're really trying. Um, which shows that the Tigers they had bought into what Maguire was doing, hmm. um, as in the playing staff. But yeah, like you said, I kind of thought he would be gone before the start of the season, and then yeah, I picked him as my first coach sacked as well. Um, but yeah, interesting times ahead for him. He, he's obviously got a lot more time now to um, prepare for the World Cup since he's still the New Zealand coach. Mm. So um, I'll take the positive out of it that hopefully that has the uh, Kiwis in the right position to be competitive in this World Cup since they weren't so competitive in the last one. Um, but yeah, so on the coaching side of things we've now got three teams looking for coaches and the bulldogs warriors and tigers so it's going to be an interesting few months um as the clubs go on a recruiting drive for the next head coach we're obviously going to be getting drips and drops every week so we'll probably be talking about this for the rest of the year um but we'll see what happens um with that moving forward i did get one more other bit of news because i knew that the coaching stuff was going to take a bit of time so i wanted to just cherry pick the biggest and the only other big thing i got kind of flows into the world cup but um the arl commissioner chairman peter volandes has been announced as the head of a selection committee for the kangaroos the selection committee also um has the origin coaches brad fitler and billy slater and mel meninga they're going to pick a 40-man australian side um throughout origin and then after the grand final they're going to cut it down to the actual world cup squad um, what's your takes on Peter Volandis coming in and becoming a, a rugby league selector now? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm not 100% sure how credentialed he is in that area, but um, it's the kangaroos, isn't it? I mean, you, no matter what, they're going to throw together an extremely strong squad, which will push very hard for for uh, the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I'm more interested in the interested in the makeup of their squad and, and, you know, see who might be named and, and who potentially puts their hands up to play in Island nations like Tonga uh, and chooses, chooses Samoa or Tonga over the kangaroos. So it's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm not too sure on the reasons why he's in there. I don't think he's needed. I think Billy, Freddie and, and Mal could probably make a, a decent squad. Yeah. yeah, Simon's just said the same thing. Evening, Simon. He said he should really stay out of selections. Yeah, it's kind of um, keep church and state a bit away from each other when he's kind of meant to be in charge of the Australian Rugby League. 
um, keep out of the the politics of team selections and stuff. But they've they've made the choice. Um, I, I know Peter likes to get himself in the media a bit, and with COVID kind of disappearing um, or not being a bigger concern, he isn't getting his name in the news anymore. So he needs to get in there somehow. Um, so yeah, that was all the news I really had. Um, obviously, the Nathan Brown stuff we are going to talk about later. If you just tuned in now, so we may as well go into the injury ward. Um, I've got I've picked a couple of big ones. Um, first one is Jared Croker from the Raiders. Um, we have spoken about him the past few weeks, but his season is now officially over. He's going to need um, season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, he's still contracted until twenty twenty-four. So he may get those eight games that he needs to join a 300 club, but he could very well have played his last game for the Raiders. What's your take on on it, Richie? You think he's going to be able to get back? I guess it's all going to hinge on how well his his recovery goes. Um, he's had a wretched run, so you know I feel for him, and and he's not the kind of player you. You know, you, you'd wish this on. He's been very loyal to the Raiders. Um, I'm sure Simon is, uh, you know, disappointed by this news too. But, yeah, yeah, by all accounts, great bloke. He's been a fantastic player. So I, I just feel sorry for him and I hope his recovery goes well so he can come back for, a, you know, make a last run at, at the milestones he deserves. Yeah, I really I really want to see him get that, that 300 club. Um I think it'd be a great testament for him for how loyal he's been for the Raiders. And mm. through some trying times for the Raiders, he was sometimes, you know, the only player there holding them all together. So I think it would be great to see him bounce back. Um, obviously, life after football is very important as well. So I would rather see him get the surgery and have to retire and have a productive life after footy mm. than push through and hamper his, his life after. But um, wish him nothing but the best, and um, hopefully he bounces back. Um, next bit of news is Carl Lawton from Manly. He ruptured an ACL in his team's um, domination of the Warriors and will be out for the rest of the season. Um, very tough for Lawton. Um, I don't see it as a, a big concern for Manly overall. Um, he's a very handy player coming off their interchange, but... He's basically playing a similar role to what Dylan Walker's kind of doing there at the moment. So horrible for him, but I think Manly will be okay um, without him there. Any takes on Lawton before we move on? Yeah, another ACL, which, which you know, never good. Uh, feel sorry for him as a fan, you know, being an ex-warrior. Yeah. Um, and he's had a disrupted season as it is. You know, he's obviously... He dealt was dealt a little bit of a suspension for his tip tackle and and now the ACL. So um, yeah, again, I f- I feel for him. I'm a fan of his, so I hope his recovery goes well. Um, I agree with you. I, I think Manly will deal with the injury, but you know he does add a bit of spice off the bench for them. So yeah, I just wish his recovery goes well for him. Yeah, and of the the last proper big one uh, is Jaden Campbell from the Titans. He is out for eight weeks after suffering a high grade hamstring tear. Um, we'll talk about it when we get to their game, but I think that's a massive blow for the Titans. I think he was really a, a bit of a lightning rod for them with the ball in hand, which is something they sorely need. Um, 
so yeah uh, two months without him it, it's it's going to be tough times for the titans yeah that's a hammer blow he he was one of the shining lights for them the season is uh it's not going the best is it if we're being honest they're no. they're really struggling so that's the last thing the titans needed one of their best uh being out for a couple months so um yeah yeah Definitely. And then the last two are really just updates. So uh, Latrell Mitchell from the Rabbitohs, he was set to return from his hamstring injury um, this week, but he caught COVID, so he's out. Um, and Viliami Valia from the Warriors, we talked about his broken jaw last week. We've actually got a, an assessment and an update now. They say he's going to be out for two months. Um, so sad news for Valia. He was starting to find his feet, um, but he's young enough he's going to bounce back and um hmm. i don't think the warriors can do any better or any worse without with or without him to be honest so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens but that's it for casualty ward and unlike last week i've actually got some naughty boys so we've got naughty boy cornerback um just three this week just before you before you go on to that, just i guess just from uh his point of view uh obviously there'll be a new coach coming in um, who won't know him? So from that point of view, you won't get you won't have the opportunity to put his hand up. Uh, potentially, yeah. if the coach comes in before the end of the season, and that'd be the only, the only downside of him having uh, having an injury now um, at this at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, naughty boy corner. Um, only one suspension um, this week, which is Jordan Rapana from the Raiders. He's been suspended for a week after pleading guilty for a grade two dangerous contact. Um, it was Kaya. He essentially um, accidentally kicked someone in the face. Um, so, yeah, he's got a week off for that. Um, one of his teammates, Zach Wolford's, been um, fined $1,500 for a grade one crusher tackle. And then Kyle Flanagan from the Bulldogs has got a $1,000 fine for a grade one dangerous throw. So, um, not too many naughty boys this week. Um, hopefully, um, we'll see a few suspensions um, next week to talk about. But we may as well go straight into round 13, Richie. Um, so I hand the floor to you if you want to start our, our short round. You bet. The short round started on Thursday with the Cowboys hammering the Titans 32-6. to Six, six tries to one for the Cowboys. Helium Luki, Murray Talangi, Hemisode Tabiwai Fado grabbing a double. Reese Robson and one of the standoff's favourite sons, Peter Hiku, grabbing a try. And only the one try for the Titans to Toby Sexton. 16-6 uh, at halftime. They go and double their score in the second half. Um, the Cowboys march on, Brad. They, um, yeah, we've said it the last few weeks, but they're looking very good this year, aren't they? They are, yeah. I thought before we talk about them, I thought the Titans started well and they looked like they were up for the challenge. And then um, Toby Sexton kicked the ball out on the full. And then after that, it kind of all went downhill. Um, mm. Losing Jaden Campbell, as we just mentioned earlier, um, didn't help their attack as they lack his spark. And they're lacking a lot of direction at the moment, um, which has been a problem all year. Um, that foreign signing for next year, I think, is going to really help them turn their form around. Um, just having an experienced head out there leading everyone around. Um, they also miss Big Tino, who's out with Origin. Yeah, um, He adds a lot of starch in the middle. Um but essentially, they just made too many errors, and you can't do that in the NRL. Um, but for the Cowboys, they did really well. I wasn't 100% confident going in due to the fact they had so many of their key players out. 
Um, but they looked really good. Um, they took a bit of time in each half to kind of get into the game. You know, I think so around the 27th minute, they scored their first try. And then in the second half, it wasn't until the 68th. But after they scored that first one in each half, they kind of went on a roll. Um, mm. They like to score in bunches, which um, is really dangerous. Um, admittedly, they weren't playing a formidable side in the in the Titans, but they still, you could tell they took the game seriously. They they weren't walking out there going, we've already got this, let's let's just have a bit of fun. They stuck to their game plan. Um, Jason Tamalolo was um, fantastic out there. And yeah, the Cowboys are a really dangerous side, and I think they could run deep into finals, which never thought I would have said at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. I think Scott Drinkwater probably deserves a mention too. I mean, he's coming to say something, man. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll take the backs. So, yeah, Drinkwater has been a revelation since uh, coming in at fullback, and I think he's kind of forced Todd Payton's hand now into. Um, making him one of the first names written down on the team sheet at fullback. Do you agree with that? I think so, yeah. I think he he makes that team a lot more dangerous. Um, mm. It's just it's essentially having like another half out there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a absolute win-win having him out there compared to not. So, yeah, yeah. great, great for Scott because um, there were talks that he was going to be out of there before the start of the season. So he's really showing his worth, and I don't think they'll let him go anytime soon. Yeah, no, I agree, because, I mean, he's too good a player to not be playing first grade, and he spent a fair bit of time, um, you know, not, not playing first grade the past past year. So it's great to see him being selected and performing so well. Yeah, um, yeah this, this round review is going to fly by, isn't it? We're already nearly halfway there. Panthers... On Friday night, Panthers defeating the Bulldogs 30-18. to 18. Five tries to three. Chris Smith, Dylan Edwards, Taylor May, Viliami Kikau, and Jamin Salmon getting the tries for the Panthers. Three tries for the Bulldogs. Um, Josh Adokar, who's been snubbed for origin, um, scoring a double. And Matt Burton grabbing the third try. 22-6 at halftime. The Bulldogs actually showed a bit of resolve to, to get a couple of tries back in the second half, but... Uh, even without the origin stars, Brad, the um, Panthers doing what the Panthers do. That's right. Yeah, the Panthers they they just turn up, win, and leave. Um, but it yeah. was a good game to watch. Um, I thought the Bulldogs, as you said, they showed a lot of fights um, against the depleted Panther side. Um, Adoka, as you um, saltily mentioned, that isn't playing Origin. Um, I thought he had a strong showing, and depending how tonight's game goes, and the wingers for New South Wales go more directly i think he should find himself back in the squad um it was it was really that type of game where you knew he was out there to prove a point and um it was him and the other recent signing in matt burton i thought um millie they're the only ones who scored the points but i felt like they really did their part to try to keep this um bulldogs team um competitive uh as i said burton he put on a nice display of his potential and it wasn't a bad game from the Bulldogs. They were just beaten by a better side, even though the Panthers were severely under strength. But they just keep winning. As I said, uh, it doesn't matter who's on the pitch. The entire squad's brought into what it means to be a Panther. And um, when they're called upon, they just step up and deliver. Um, Villalami uh, Kikau, he was asking plenty of questions from the Bulldogs. And Sean O'Sullivan was solid once again. He, he's 
hasn't really put a foot wrong every time they've called on him to replace Cleary. Mm. Um, so great to see a, a former warrior doing that. Yeah, we could really do with a, a halfback like him right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, hard to predict the next time we're going to review a Panthers loss here, Richie. I was kind of expecting Origin to be when we get to talk about them falling apart, but they're, they're not. Well, they've got the Warriors coming up soon. That might be the one. Of course. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. with my extremely optimistic uh, face on. Uh, but yeah, where would this Bulldogs team be without Ado Karen Burton? Uh, That'd be Wooden Spoon again, which they, they, they are probably, already. Yeah, they, they could well be that anyway. But I mean, they'd, I feel like those two they are, are really... Sorry. Sorry, I yeah, had a brain wipe. Are, I thought they, Titans were dead last right now, but no, they're still they're still wooden spoon. They're still sitting there, but gee, I feel like those two um, are doing a, you know, doing a lot of carrying of that squad. Um, but you know, maybe next year when when a couple of other big signings come come on board, Viliami Kikau. Admittedly, I think their attack's gotten a little better since Trent Barrett's departed. Um, they look like they're they're uh, scoring a wee a wee bit more points per game now. So that's yeah. one positive, I, I suppose. I'm just waffling now. I'm trying to avoid the next yeah. game. We've uh, got to talk about it, so let's just do it. Saturday, Manly Sea Eagles 44, the Warriors 12. Seven tries to two for Manly, two for Sipley grabbing one. Haumole Olukawatu grabbing one. Marty Tapal, Josh Schuster, Ruben Garrett grabbing the double and the Saab, Jason Saab, with an intercept try. Uh, for the Warriors, Jack Murchie and Bunty Afoa grabbing the only two tries in the second half. Um, yeah, horrible first half, Brad. Um, maybe slightly more effort in the second half, but um, yeah, this game was lost very early. And I, admittedly, there were a couple of dodgy decisions. I don't think Marty Tapal's try should have been awarded. I think he. He may as well have grounded that ball on the 22. Um, yeah. What did you make of it, though? Yeah, um, that was at the the last note I had, so we may as well start with that. The officials were shocking in this game. Yeah. Um, I don't know how Aitken gave Marty Tapal that try. Marty didn't even think he scored. He was trying he to get to, up to play, to play the, ball. the ball. Yeah, it was weird. And then the bunker was like, we can't see enough to prove that it wasn't a try, so we're going to stick with your decision. No one thought it was a try, but the Warriors only have themselves to blame. Um, as bad as the refereeing was, that was not the difference in this match. Um, I was a bit luckier than you, Richie. This was a win-win game for me. It was my two teams. So mm. um, either way, yeah, I was, was coming out as a as a, a proud fan. But no, <laughs> it was horrible. Um, my first thought sitting through the... Well, my second thought, my first thought we'll talk about in the Nathan Brown part, but my second thought was how small the Warriors were compared to Manly. Mm. It looked mm. like kids playing adults out there, um, but they were never in the fight. They um, they lacked all over the park, with the ball, without the ball. You name it, they were horrible. Um, and they were very lucky to not get 50 put on them, to be honest. Um, soft defense, errors no attacking threat at all. Um, I just can't see a light at the end of the tunnel as a Warriors fan, which I've never felt before. You kind of always gave them the the punches chance, you know, like as bad as things will be, they'll come out there and beat somebody out of nowhere. Yeah. I just don't see that right now. 
Sean Johnson looks like a spent force. Um, in fact, I think I put in my review this week, the only time the Warriors looked good on attack was when Sean wasn't involved. And mm. it was Reese Walsh and Chanel Harris-Tavita combining together to do some sparks. And we got two tries off that. Every time he was involved, it it just fell apart. Um, and I've never said this before, um, but I don't think the Warriors could beat the Dogs right now. And I think they could end up with the spoon. In fact, I know I know Paul doesn't like advocating gambling, but after that game, I put money on Warriors to get the spoon at the end of the year. Um, that was how viral, it, how upset I was at this performance. Um, there was another team, though. There was Manly. Um, they just dominated the contest. Um, there's no easy way to say it. Um, their forwards were doing all the hard work up front. Um Ola, Ola Kowatu, um was made to look like a superstar. He's a very mm. good player, but in this, he looked like one of those top-tier second rowers, like the, the Fafitas and the like. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on Josh Schuster um, as a half, but it's sink or swim time for him. I think he was a bit patchy. Um, but overall, I think Manly will be happy with the win. They they did it without DCE and Tommy Turbo. Um yeah, they they got them at the right time. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You made a point about us looking small. Um, I thought that's a very valid point. Um, how much would you like a Fenua Blake in a lodge in that game? Because, yeah, like you say, Manly's forwards, Olukawatu in particular, but pretty much the whole lot of them. Yeah, We've talked about our edge defence this year being poor, but a number of those tries were just crashing over one off the ruck or from dummy half up straight up the middle. Uh, we really struggled with their physicality and, and, and size. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to share your sentiment about us getting the spoon. I, I like, I'm hoping like heck the dogs have that locked in. There's still a couple of wins behind us. So um I, I did find myself looking at their draw pretty hard and trying to find where they'll pick up three or four more wins from. So let's just hope they keep losing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'll put it out there. I don't want the Warriors to get the spoon <laughs> by any means. I just don't. I look at the entire draw right now and I don't see any team that I'm confident they could beat. Um, and they do have to play the Bulldogs. So if they lose mm. to the Bulldogs, you know, they're. Uh, yeah. Their destiny's in their own hands, but um, yeah. Uh, well, what's your as, what's your as, wise input? As Simon says, if you're getting the uh, dead cat bounce, it's going to happen yes. with the uh, now, now they've now they've ditched the uh, ditched the coach. But that's already been proven not to work this year because the Bulldogs lost after sacking Barrett. Um, so I'm not confident in it. But the Warriors do seem to like to bounce mm. back after sacking a coach. So we'll we'll see. Um, I'm hoping I'm hoping Stacey can get a response out of the team, but then he did come out and pick pretty much the same team that was being selected, even though they haven't been performing. In his defence in that situation, though, he had the job for a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that team was probably potentially already penciled in. Yeah, um, and he might make changes close to the day. We don't know. I think we'll see a proper reflection 
of what he's got next week. But that's that's going into another segment. So let's go to the last game, Richie, before we move on. Righto. Sunday, the Simon's Green Machine, the Raiders, getting up over the Roosters 22-16. to 16. Four tries to three for the Raiders, Adam, Adam Elliott, Xavier Savage, Sebastian Chris, and Matthew Timoko. And three tries for the Roosters, Satili Tupunua, Paul Momorowski, and Joseph Suwali. Uh, 12-6 at halftime. Raiders end up 22-16 winners. Uh, yeah, the Raiders have been good value, Brad, I think. You know, obviously they had a terrible start, but they seem to have responded pretty well, and, and uh, they're performing quite well now. Yeah, and um, before we talk about the game, um, finally a close game in the round. Yeah. Uh, which is good to see. Um, I was kind of expecting one of these teams to just dominate the other, like we basically saw in all the games by the Panthers Bulldogs. But um, I think I'll go with the negatives first because I'm still feeling the Warriors' frustration right now. But um, I thought both sides made plenty of errors in this game, and it was a real messy start. But the Raiders, to their credit, made the most of the opportunities they got. Um, Hudson Young, I thought, really looked good out there. Um, Xavier Savage continues to show that he's got that X factor mm. that, you know, every club yep. wants one of those X factor type players still very young and inexperienced. And, and that leads to some silly mistakes, but he's learning. So you give a bit of leeway there. Um, but I think he's a fantastic find and it might be time for, for Stacy or Asterix, whoever the new Warriors coaches, um, give Chance a call and see if he wants to come home. Um, because I don't know if Chance will make it into that side if Xavier keeps building the way he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got the win. The only if if I was Ricky Stewart, I know that he loves looking at the uh, downside of everything. So um, their defense was a massive concern for me. They missed forty tackles in this game, even though they won. Um, the positive on that is they got the tackles that counted that they really needed to get. Um, a bit of scrambling. Um, I don't know if it was a communication breakdown or just the Roosters were um, really dangerous, which is something that is quite common. But um, that is something they'd need to work on, um, work on their defense a bit. Um, and, yeah, they got themselves into a bit of form and still have a shot at making the playoffs, um, which we wouldn't have said a few weeks ago. Um, mm. But on the Roosters' side, um, I didn't really have too much. I've got um, Joey Manu. Um, was really dangerous. Um, yeah. He was loving having a little bit more freedom out there, getting his hand on the ball all the time, constantly asking questions of the Raiders. Um, they were too disciplined, I think. That was their, probably their biggest issue. They conceded 10 penalties in this game, and I think if they'd cleaned up their act a little bit and played to the whistle, they might have squeaked home and got this win. Um, but, yeah, as I said, Raiders are starting to hit a bit of form may make the playoffs, but the Roosters are risking slipping out of the eight if they keep letting games like this go. Don't say that. They're my premier tip, mate. Don't forget. Uh, yeah, you're right. The Raiders missed 40 tackles. It's really weird to see they missed 40 tackles and the Roosters missed 20. So the team that lost uh, missed half the tackles that the team that won did. Um, yeah, Joe Marty was huge. I think he got around 300-odd metres with the ball. and. He, you're right. You're absolutely right about Xavier Savage. He looks the future for them going forward, doesn't he? He's yeah. got a ton of pace, and they look very dangerous with him in there. So, yeah, like you, I wouldn't mind somebody 
from the Warriors sounding out chance to see if he's keen on a second stint here. Yeah. Um, that was the round. That was the short round. Yeah, so um, that was, yeah, not a bad round, um, bar one big game that I don't want to talk about anymore. But um, we will go to which one we got. We got the tips first. So uh, Simon and myself got 100% of the games right. Um, Richard stupidly picking the Warriors. Um, never again, mate. Never again. <laughs> I got that many times during the weekend that you're never picking them again. Um but yeah, so you got three out of four. So I am still at the top leading 66 out of 100 picks. You are still second with 63 out of 100. And Simon's only one behind you now, uh, 62 ground. out of 100. And he, he sent through his picks and he's made a few different to me. So if you're picking like me, like you try to do all the time, he might pass you. So we'll see. Um, and yeah, Simon's just commented that he chance belongs to the green machine. Um, you gotta, you gotta show him some love then if you want him to stay. Um, we, we, I'm sure we can give him something nice to come home. It'd be nice. Um, but yeah, so we go to the ladder. Um, not really too much changed. Um, there were a few teams went down, a couple went up. So we got Panthers still at the top. Um, then Storm a second, and then we got Cowboys third, Broncos fourth. Um, so going back in the past, I don't think we would have said that the Broncos and Cowboys would both be in the top four. Um, mm. And then we've got Eels, Sharks, Roosters, and Rabbitohs finishing the top eight. Uh, you got something there, Paul? You want me to finish? I was just going to point out that the Cowboys have played one more game um, than the Broncos um, and the Eels. So got to be really careful um, at the moment. So looking at some of these positions because there are games in hand. Now that we've had some teams play and some teams not play, it's all going to get a bit. Uh, see how it shakes out in the wash a little bit for some of those sort of some of those sort of pieces. The yeah, the teams they had a buy get two points though. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. Yeah, Sorry. they do. Yeah, see. talking bollocks. Go go so back the, to your. So the good thing board. is the good thing is the Warriors <laughs> won't lose to the buy. Exactly, we've got the buy to come, which will be tough. We'll probably get it in golden point. Um, <laughs> ninth place is the Dragons. Uh, 10th, the Seagulls, uh, Raiders are 11th, Knights are 12th, Tigers are 13th, Warriors are 14th, Titans are 15th, and then the Bulldogs did last. Well, so, there you go, that puts you above the above the um, above the Tigers, right? Because they've uh, they've had their two points and uh, you exactly. get two more points. So, oh, look, yeah. that, you've got that, uh, got, got, got that hand yeah. over them, yeah. So, interesting. Interesting times. But, yeah, so that's the ladder. So now we'll go into our new segment, which is Nathan Brown and the Warriors. Um, so 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 big it needed its own section. Um, so Nathan Brown. Well, before we start, in... don't forget, folks, you can always head over to Brad's uh, um, blog to see his writings about all this. I'm sure he's uh, put a few comments in there on his um, review of the game at the weekend and also uh, other comments, that you, other, other writings that you do. So don't forget to check out Brad's blog. Um, for some written opinions uh, in between these shows. Yeah. It's a great read. It's a very good I, read. I haven't written about Nathan Brown yet because this happened recently, but I'm sure it's going to be coming up in the next one. Um, Nathan Brown, yeah. So earlier, kind of, I think it was, was it Sunday or Monday? I, can't, I think it was Monday night. Hmm. Um, 
news came out that Nathan Brown had advised the club that he would no longer be committing to moving to New Zealand. Um, and then Tuesday, so yesterday, they the Warriors let him go and gave um, gave Stacey Jones the interim coaching gig. Um, I originally had in my little notes that I put in here that um, it was a nicer way to fire him, in my opinion. But I actually watched his interview on 360 last night and I kind of... <laughs> I, you never know who to believe. In professional sport, I believe nobody. Um, mm. It's just the way it goes. Um, but he kind of explained a situation that he had committed to moving to New Zealand two years ago. COVID happened and a lot of stuff in life has happened. And he said he decided about five to six weeks ago that it wasn't going to happen because his family didn't want to move and he didn't want to move here without his family. So I understand that side of things, but I'm also one of the people that wasn't interested in having him as coach to start with. So it's not a big, big loss for me. He seems like a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just don't think he was what the Warriors needed. And that's not his fault that he got the job. He initially turned the job down. And then when Todd Payton said, I don't want to be coach anymore, um, they came back to him as like the second option and he was like, okay, I'll do it. So, um, yeah, before I ask you heaps of questions, Richie, what's your take on all of this that's come down now? Simon says Brown should have got rid of his family. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very nice, Simon. Um, I, I also watched that segment on NRL 360 um, it, it, I think it might not be might be very nice about fight by Simon, but it's what um, it's what Brad would do. Yeah, definitely, it's definitely what Brad would do. Um, 100%. I think Nathan Brown said something about his daughter or his kids going to eleven or twelve different schools of the past decade or so. Uh, so yeah, it's obviously a very tough sacrifice, albeit they're yeah. very well they're they're very well paid, but. Um, you know, it's it's a tough lifestyle choice if you want to sp spend a lot of time with your family. So I think listening to Brown talk about that, he, he's obviously making decision based around wanting to spend more time with his family. Whether or not there's more to it than that, we'll, we'll never know the whole truth, I yeah. guess. I mean, I, initially I had the same feeling. He was probably... Um, tapped on the shoulder? Yeah, oh. shoulder tapped, and, and maybe he wasn't. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
you know, the writing was on the wall for him in terms of his coaching tenure. Um, yeah, uh, with Stacey Jones, I, I'm not too sure that he actually wants the coaching full-time coaching role. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping he goes – I'm hoping he brings some good results, but I'm very much aware that he's he's an interim and, and we're not travelling so well. So I'm not expecting the world, but I'm – being a club legend, I hope, I hope the boys respond to him and, and actually put in for for Stacey. Yeah, I think I think the thing that the Warriors are missing right now, and I'll, I'll talk it to the camera to Cameron George. I know you don't watch this show much, um, but you do sometimes. But I think the biggest problem the Warriors have right now is they seem I I rant about it a lot. They've forgotten the New Zealand fan base, but. The Warriors fans don't want to, you know, obviously you want to see the Warriors win a lot. It'd be great to see them win every week and be a Panthers team, right? But that's not going to happen. But all fans want is effort. Mm. Um, like I was talking to some Tigers fans, what the Tigers have been delivering. I know I keep harping on about them, but if that was the Warriors right now where they're losing all the time, but they make their, they make their opposition work for it, it would be an easier pill to swallow than what they're delivering right now. Um, they look a hundred percent checked out. Um, I think that will will flow into that in a bit more in the Warriors stuff. But um, in terms of the coaching, I think um, Mark Robertson's already come out as he loves to do, and he's already ruled out talking to Michael Maguire, saying they're not interested in Michael Maguire. Um, but there are a few others. I, I look at a list. I've already got the one I want. Um, he was on the list, but they got um, other options taking Maguire out of the window. They got Stacy, who's there now, Shane Flanagan, Trent Barrett, Cameron Seraldo, Jason Riles, John Morris, Paul Green, Jeff Tuvey, and Christian Wolf. We've also got the Walker brothers. Um, my pick, um, I'll let you pick your pick later, but my pick would be Christian Wolf. I said it a few weeks ago as well. He was who I originally wanted when they sat Cooney. Um, it's kind of, it's all stars are aligning, um, if you will. If it's the only bit of worries optimism I have left, um, he's the current St. Helens coach, um, top of the Super League right now. He's also the coach of Tonga. Um, he's off contract at the end of the season with St. Helens, which frees him up for next season. Um and if you just look, yeah, he's done a great job building Tonga up to what they are now. Um, I know I've had arguments with my flatmates saying, like, you look at the players Tonga has. They said, you take away who the actual players are. They're um, a team with some reasonably sized forwards, a couple of electric backs, and no halves. That's the Warriors, essentially. We've got some good forwards, a couple of backs that can do something, and no halves to save ourselves. So it just seems like a win-win. You know, just change the jersey. Um, he's also got a relationship with some of the players at the club already due to his Tonga connections. Um, so that's who I would pick. But who would you pick? Yeah, I would take Wolf as well. Not, uh, I, I'm saying that probably wouldn't be my first choice, but I would take him if he if he was offered up. Um, Flanagan, I'd, I'd be quite keen on. He's won a premiership with the Sharks, and and you know he's he's credentialed. But there there are other names on that list as well who are 
highly touted, you know, up and comers of the coaching game. Seraldo, um, John Morris is is you know pretty touted as an up and comer, but you know a lot of those guys don't have a lot of time in the saddle as a full time NRL head coach. So I don't uh, see either of them younger one. I don't the young ones that haven't had a taste yet. I don't see not, them moving not for to us. New Zealand. Yeah, not for and, us. and and not for us as well. I mean, I don't think. I think if you look in that direction, you might end up in a similar boat as what we've had with Nathan Brown anyway. So um, my my first choice is obviously a bit of a pipe dream, but um, Shane Flanagan would be my first choice. I think he's got that that hard edge, and whenever he's been commentating us, he's critical in all the right areas that I that I am as well. Um, so I, I feel like he would make some good tough calls and and actually actually get our attitude in check but yeah yeah i think those two are the two that stand out for me um in terms of credentials Mm. like i know christian wolf hasn't had you know a lot of the nrl stuff he coincidentally was the interim coach um replacing nathan brown nathan brown yeah last time he was in the nrl um but they didn't want to give him the head time gig because of his inexperience at that time so he he went went up to the uk and um it is a very different league up there but i just want to see a guy that can make the players buy in and i think he has that the fact that what he's done with tonga um speaks in volumes but shane flanagan you can say the same thing minus a few hiccups with um peptides you can say the same thing he did at the sharks he got them all in and got them around so they need someone like that. It would be, yeah. I know. As long as they the the Warriors uh, have been great and making poor office decisions when it comes to their coaching, so as long as they've learned from the three or four previous mistakes they've made and actually take the time and pick someone. Um, but Stacey might come out firing on all cylinders. When Todd Payton took over last year, I gave him no chance of turning the Warriors around and he won me over and I wanted him to become the next coach. Mm. So what do I know? Really? Stacy might come out and get a similar response. We never know. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think he wants the head time gig full time yeah. right now. So, um, but yeah, before we move on, I know we, we're going we're actually in good time here, but I do no, have a question. Time, but just, I was going to say, I think, I, is is changing the coach going to going to make any difference to to, to the Warriors? Um, and the Warriors have been uh, have been through a couple of coaches recent, recently, uh, and there's some question marks around the uh, the owner who uh, yeah. what, took full ownership about three years ago now. And he's saying, "Hey, we have to just—I just read, quickly read an article about how he's saying he has to dismantle the team and put it back together again, or the organisation." Well, mm. you're three years in now, um, and it, where's the direction? We don't, we don't for for this rebuild. Um, I, I think if the fans could see a direction, uh, could see, mm. could see as, as you say, they've got have connection with them, with their fans over here in New Zealand, uh, then uh, an effort, then then you're in the right direction. But you need. First off, it needs that, that organisational direction from the top, and at the moment, it just doesn't 
look like it's there, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's hard to see a, a, a turn in results immediately. I think it's going to be a long-term thing. Um, and Nathan Brown did say it well on NRL 360. I think COVID has done a lot of damage to our club, probably more so than all the other ones. Um, you know, damage to our identity and, and having no home ground and, and um yeah, it's, and development it, as well. It's, it's done a lot more of the development thing. Like yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that he, the Australian commentators talking about COVID affecting the Warriors are missing out on, because the they had reserve grade teams that were playing in the Australian competitions and playing well, and then mm. COVID happened and those kids couldn't play in those competitions anymore, yeah. and the Warriors couldn't keep all of them because they were getting offers from the Australian team saying, well if you can't play in this competition, but if you leave the Warriors and join us, you can play in it. You'll just be living in Australia. Um, so that's, they've had basically two and a half, three years where that whole division has gone down. They've now said that next year, all of that's back. So they're going to have the Jersey flag and the reserve grade and everything um, mm. back under the Warriors banner. But yeah, like Paul said, you need, communication mark robertson loves to run his mouth and i know he will never watch the show because he doesn't know how to turn a computer on but um he loves to run his mouth so he should come out and say we've, we've got a four-year plan you know it's going to be hard the first two maybe even three years of that's going to be a tough time for the club mm. but this is what we're going to get at the end of it the problem is they've said that before and then a year in they've sacked the coach and started again because we're not winning games, even though they said we're building and it's going to take time and the wins might not come straight away. And then, yeah, they just backpedal on it. It's always hard to hear that you're in a like building phase. It feels like the Warriors have been in a rebuilding phase for the past 10 mm -hmm. years. Um, it's well, Simon makes point eight coaches in 10 years. Um, yeah, so yeah. clearly changing um, the coach works. The, so you can't yet. Yeah, so that's not the answer. Uh, in, in this case, look, he was going to have to be changed anyway because he wasn't going to come back next year. So yeah. the only question was, when do you change it? Do you have a, a zombie, uh, a walking dead coach in charge for the rest of the season, or do you put interim coach in? That's a, that, 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 that's a leadership decision. Um, uh, but both both have got their pros and cons. Um, and uh, Nigel makes the point that it's been sixty um, away games on the trot on the bounce now. Yeah. Um, yeah. for the Warriors, which really uh, doesn't help. Um, but it's not just the play, I say, it's the direction of the club that's, um, that I think that there needs to be questions around and answered. But he does say, look, it's it's uh, it's his club. He's doing it for the Warriors, not necessarily doing it for the fans. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think I put that on Twitter a few days ago before they even talked about um, Brown leaving. It was more the option of would he be leaving. Um, I put it forward to say like, the same decision makers are still in the club that have made all these poor decisions. So eventually, if they keep making the wrong decisions, they've got to be moved on as well, you would think. So like your Cameron Georges and all that, if they're continuing to make the same wrong business decisions, maybe it's time to look at a new endeavour or find things that will fix it. Like Ivan Cleary is always brought up as a coach and like how great he did. But you look 
at what they did for him when he came in as an inexperienced player. They brought John Harden as an advisor. They had all these people around to help. Basically, since then, they've just grabbed a coach, thrown him in there, given him the same coaching stuff that every other coach has had, and just said, do better. And it doesn't work. Um, how like, Tony Iroh was the assistant coach for, like, four different coaches, and mm -hmm. he was always still there. Um, I don't know, but that does segue into my last um, last part. It was like, where are we at as Warriors fans, Richie, and how are you feeling at this point in the season? <laughs> yeah, obviously, it, it's tough. It's tough going right now. I mean, the results weren't weren't uh, easy to take as it is, and now you throw in all the coaching dramas, you know, depending on who you ask, um, a lot of fans are actually happy with, with Nathan Brown uh, being shown the door. Um, yeah, but for me, like I said before, I think it's just tempering my, my expectation and knowing that it's got to, it's going to be a long-term fix. Um, getting home is going to be a key part of it and having home games again and, and rebuilding that brand here. Um, hopefully, you know, regaining a bit of a, a fortress there at Mount Smart. And, um, yeah, I I just don't see it turning around immediately, but as long as we're seeing progression and, and a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, I think that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never felt lower as a fan. Yeah. Um, I don't, um, yeah, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel right now. This is the big step. Getting that, I think Jacko mentioned it earlier, saying all doom and gloom, but get in the right coach and looking at next year's roster, we can improve up to mid-table quite easy and then kick on from there. That mm. is the key point. I think they've got some good players coming in. They've got some good players there. You get the right coach that can do the actual job, and I think they can get out of the hole they've dug themselves. But if mm. they do another brownie decision where they pick a, another coach that you just know from the get-go isn't right, then we're going to be talking like this next year as well, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah, getting them home, um, getting them home isn't the magic pill that's going to fix all the problems, but it's a piece of the puzzle. It's it's part of it. They need to get yeah. in front of a home crowd and mm. see their family they haven't seen. I know a lot of them have their loved ones over there. I think a big thing was Sean. I have two ways. I've got the positive and I've got the pessimist. I think... Um, Positively, I think he's missing his young daughter and his wife who aren't mm. in Australia and it's affecting his game. He's a new dad and all. Negative side of me, I thought he was potentially sandbagging his performances to get rid of Nathan Brown. Yeah. Um, so either way. But I think getting some of them home and getting that might help. It might be part of the puzzle. But well, I'm sure we'll, we'll hopefully have a bit more positive to talk about them next week. Um, hopefully. But um, we'll go in. Were there any questions from anyone, Paul, before we, we I'll go quickly, on? I'll quickly go oh. and grab my... I've got to plug in my laptop's going to go flat. Don't mind me oh, for yeah, one cool. minute. Awesome. It's always um, great to see you prepared. The, it's, it's good, isn't it? Uh, he didn't know this was going to happen. It was all, it was all a shock to him, obviously, clearly, that this was going to be on the show tonight. Um, Simon asks us who was the uh, best New Zealander to coach the Warriors, and uh, will Stacey Jones become the best New Zealand to New Zealander to coach the Warriors? So... First off, who has been the best New Zealand coach for the, um, for the Warriors? Ooh. I I don't know. Or well, the best ones have all been Australian. Yeah. 
Um, Bluey was horrible. Um, it might have to be Frankie. Frank Indicott maybe might have been the, the best out of the New Zealand ones. Um, but they're very thin and far between. I think it's very easy. It'll be very easy for Stacey to come in and become the best New Zealand coach for the Warriors um, because it's a very low bar. So, so we're up to 14 coaches now. How about I quite quickly run through them and you go um, success, fail, or something like that, or, or good or bad. Now uh, we could um, and, and run through them. So we started off at the, at the uh, back in 95 with uh, John Money, who got um, sacked mid-season. So I guess um, we're going to say poor, bad? Yep, poor. Um, Frank um, Endicott? Um, yeah, Frank, I think he was better. He's probably moments. He's probably the best New Zealand-born one to go with that question in my um, eyes. So a, 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 winning, um, a winning percentage of 39.4%, so uh, yep. 13 wins that, out of 20 losses. Um, Mark Graham followed, followed him. Yeah, I don't think Mark did well for us. No, he had a tough, he had a tough time. Yeah, thirty-six percent win. Um, then we went, then went on to Daniel Anderson, the goat, one of the best. Yeah. He's yep. he's our most successful one, runner-up and um, and minor premiership. So, uh, yep. Uh, Tony Kemp then followed him. Let's Pass. not go there. <laughs> Pass. Yes, okay, all right. Then. <laughs> yeah, at least fine. Tony Tony Kemp has now not the least successful coach anymore. So. I was going to say, at the time, the least successful coach ever, yeah. on the percentage-wise. Um, um, uh, Ivan Cleary then came in, become a uh, runner-up in 2011. So next generally, best. Next yep. best behind Anderson. Um, probably would have been the best if the Warriors didn't let him go. Yeah. Um, Brian um, McLennan, um, who got sacked mid-season. So again, I guess uh, not uh, not successful. Um, and then the worst coach of all time on a results factor, um, um, Tony Iro with uh, two games, two losses. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't even count him. But yeah, he, yeah. he was never going to be a head coach material anyway. No. Um, he, uh, so Matthew um, Elliott then came in and again was sacked mid-season. Yeah, rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> we then had uh, Andrew McFadden. <laughs> I liked McFadden. He was thrown in the deep end, and I think he had potential, but, yeah, he he ultimately didn't get a, a good run. I'm doing great with the Raiders as an assistant now, though. Hmm. Um, with a 44% win, win record. A, uh, and we're, we're getting into a bit of a, um, uh, a, a, a bit of a theme here because the next guy also got sacked mid-season, um, Stephen Kearney. Or, sorry, Stephen Kearney. Yep. Um, and we were doing the show when he got sacked. It was, it was good, mm. good for the show. Um, I don't, I never really wanted him in the beginning. I don't. I think he's a fantastic assistant. I don't think he's a good head head mm. coach. Um, but I didn't like the way it was done. Um, I think he should have been done at the end of the previous season. Um, mm. But then Cameron George and and our our good friend Robert Robbo. Um, decided to sack him um, a couple of weeks into being in lockdown in Australia during COVID. Um, so it was it was a bad look in my it eyes. But he he's he's fallen on his feet like he always does, and he's um, he's uh, an assistant coach at a reasonably okay team called the Storm. So yeah, he's okay. he's doing okay, <laughs> and he's still getting paid by the Warriors. So oh my god. Um... <laughs> 
uh, and he was the third longest running, um, uh, had the third longest tenure as far as games um, of, of any coach as well. Um, Probably longest now since he's still contracted. Uh, well, <laughs> 137 with Ivan Cleary is the uh, is the longest. Um, yeah. The um, Todd Payton came in then as a caretaker coach for um, for 14 games um, to be replaced. Uh, so yeah, successful not not success from him. I'd have him successful. Um, the results may not have looked good, but the efforts that he got and how he turned that team around when they were willing to give up, um, mm. they kind of fell away again when he came out live and said he didn't want to be our coach. They kind of fell away again after that. But um, before that, they were buying into him. And, yeah, look what he's doing now. So mm. I think yeah, he did a good I'm job with the hand he was dealt. As, as you say, at the time we, we, when 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 uh, Stephen Curley got got axed, we all thought it was a bad look. But then, as you say, Todd Payton turned things around, was doing well, and then decided not to stay. Uh, Nathan Brown then, um, I think, has uh, as you say, he didn't want him in the first place, and uh, now he's gone. Um, uh, Thirty-five point four um, uh, success puts him uh, slightly um, better than Tony Kemp, who is thirty-five point one percent. So. Um, so Stephen Kemp, so so Tony Kemp still has uh, the worst record as a uh, um, uh, as, as a Warriors coach, according to Wikipedia, folks. I mean, obviously, uh, don't yeah, want to be. I think I think it changed after the game against Manly. Okay, so maybe it's maybe there's one more game in there that they haven't counted yet. Potentially, yeah, because I, I Tony Kemp was talking all about it on his radio show that he was no longer the worst coach at the Warriors. <laughs> so. Um, um, but yeah, so out of all of that, Frank Endicott is for Simon's question the long way around, but um, probably the best New Zealand coach. So it's not a tall bar for Stacey. No, it doesn't look like it. Um, uh, Richie, one of the things you mentioned was it's important to get home. Uh, what do you think the fans' reactions are going to be to the team and also maybe to the owner when they do return this season, um, especially after, after this has happened? Probably not quite. The reaction from the fans won't quite be as positive as I thought they might be if you'd asked me a month or two ago. Um, I think a lot of there's been a lot of drama and the results haven't been great. I think those ticket sales are still good, so they'll still get good numbers to the ground. I just hope the boys respond to that and really put in a good effort to to repay some of the Kiwi fans. Brad, yeah, yeah, I think. I think they'll be. It's, we've been there, Richie. We've been season ticket holders for a long time. We've been through some rough patches, and the fans that are there um, are always cheering them on anyway. So they'll mm. still get a good crowd. If if it was just we, if this was happening and they were playing on both sides of Tasman, there'd be no one there. Um, but it's been three years without a live game of footy. Yeah. So at least for that first game. It'll, there'll be a lot of people um, coming to the very last game um, of the season. Maybe it won't be that big. There might be me and the the other ten that normally go. Um, but yeah, well, you see, better, better than English county cricket because when, when it's one man and his dog. But uh, you're not allowed to take your dog in, are you, to the Warriors no. game? So it's not, <laughs> you don't even get to count that head um, as a uh, there. Um, so that, yeah, that's the questions from um, from the live chat, boys. All right. So um, I did see a thing from Simon earlier, which actually was your question to me anyway, Richie. So we may as well uh, go straight into your question. Sure. So 
I, I just wanted to talk to you about something I saw on, on social media during the week. Uh, Andrew Johns floating the idea that a new NRL team could be made up of players of mostly Pacifica backgrounds, kind of like what's happened in Super Rugby with Moana Pacifica and basing that team out of well out of Wellington. So do you think the idea has some merit? Uh, could you see it working? I think it has some merit, but it's good to see. Uh, and maybe Andrew Johns needs to wake up from the 1990s because he just described 90% of the NRL teams right now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, you look at a lot of the team, um, the Pacific influences there through. If it was, yeah, um, as long as it's in a way, uh, a way similar to what we talked about Papua New Guinea a few weeks ago, if it was a team built on a way of getting more of the Pacific Island players into the NRL as opposed to just going, we've got a team in Wellington, Brian Dottle, Stephen Crichton, Jason Damalolo, getting all the already experienced ones and just moving them to a new club, I don't see it will help. But if it's used as a way to get some of those young ones in with a few experienced heads around them, I think it would be great. Um, It'd also help with that. Not It'd be a base in New Zealand, but you would still have like your Warriors and then Mm. you would have a new Pacific Island team. Um, I always like the... Moana Pacifica type approach. So I remember a few years back when they did the Pacific Islanders um, in rugby union where they had a whole lot of them and they played Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I always gravitate towards Pacific Islanders, as you know, Richie. Um, so, yeah, I'd be all for it. But, yeah, that's basically every team in the comp right now. Um, and, guess- yeah, so I'm just saying is Auckland a more logical place to play that team? Um yeah, I don't know. Well, that's kind Auckland, of where they all are. Auckland's the, big, the biggest Pacific Island city in the in the in the world as far as uh, Pacific Islander population. So clearly, yeah, I think it would be a, better, a more yeah. appropriate place um, than Wellington for for that type of team. Um, but I'm not sure you can have two teams based out of Auckland. That's not a good idea. The, no, just move the Warriors to Wellington. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, WW, Wellington Warriors. I mean, that, 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 yeah. it just, it just works. I would have to move. <laughs> hey, Wellington's Warriors Entertainment, WWE, off we go. There um, you go, yeah. The um, I guess the key the key thing here is the, the difference between uh, what are sort of wants to get, and as you say, the, the NRL teams at the moment is um, 80% of the players that play for Moana Pacifica have to be uh, uh, declared to play for um, Thomas Samoa or yeah, um, yeah. the Cook Islands. So it's about declaring to play for those those, for those countries as well, um, rather than just being, say, a capture team of, oh, yeah, look, I've got Pacific Island descent, therefore I can play there, but actually I declare for Australia. Yeah, yeah so that, that, I that, think if yeah. yeah, if they did that, I think that would be a lot better. Um, if you had declared that you weren't going to play for Australia or New Zealand, yeah. you, you're playing for Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, um, Cook Islands. Um, I think that would be better. That would still allow them to get some of the bigger players because of their little loophole Australia love to do where you can still play Origin and play for Samoa or Tonga. Um, but yeah, that would be a way to do it. Um, I'm all, they're going to need another team. So um, yeah, if they're going to do another one in New Zealand, I'd like them to have that kind of caveat to it. 
Well, I, I, I still, yeah, or, or a team that uh, is based in the Pacific Islands and um, you get your, your, your tourist travel things and get all the people to take take holidays for, for a long weekend mm. to mm. Cook Islands, Samoa, Fiji and, um, and uh, Tonga and rotate the games between those places um, and uh, just, just do a massive um, tourist thing to try and get the away fans to go on holiday there each, for each game. I think that, that yeah. could work. Yeah, so my question for you, Richie, is a real easy one. Um, we've got, I just said, um, which player in the NRL has impressed you the most so far this season? So, do, any team? It's tough to look past the Panthers, how well they're traveling. I think Isaiah, Isaiah Yo, um, he's been fantastic the past few years, but again, this year looks probably a step up again and, and, just his involvements and similar to Cam Murray, you know, playing in the lock position, but does so much work defensively, but then also on the ball as well. Um, almost like another half and they can, and then Cleary and Luai push out a bit wider with Yo doing a bit of ball playing. And I think that's why they just wreak havoc out wide. And you've seen their left-hand side benefit a whole bunch this year and, and put a truckload of tries um, I think a lot of that's down to the good work in the middle done by Isaiah Yo. So he, for me, has been probably um, the one that's impressed me the most. But I think he might also go pretty close to Dali M. Um, yeah. But if I'm going to give out a couple of honourable mentions, I like what Nico Hines and Adam Reynolds have both done prior to him being injured, going to, going to new clubs. And I think they've done a lot... To, transform the clubs that they've gone to fair enough mine is Ruben Cotter uh, yeah because he's, he's a forward yeah. but um, my one that it really impressed me he's been playing really well but at the start of the year most people didn't think he was even going to make the Cowboys 17 mm. and he's playing state of origin tonight so yeah. um, he's delivered a lot for the Cowboys and getting rewarded for it so in terms of who's impressed me the most I've kind of taken out these guys, like you said, like Isaiah Yo and that, I expected them to do what they're doing. Maybe mm. not at the level they're doing it, but to be there or thereabouts. Ruben, I had I had no expectations that he'd even be playing first grade. So um, that's who I picked. But I know we've gone very long now because Paul kept asking us questions. But um, we'll go into round 14 and State of Origin with our picks. We've already picked State of Origin Simon and I were correct picking Queensland and Richard's <laughs> wrong picking New South Wales. So we've got that. That's tonight um, in an hour, essentially. Hopefully hopefully they don't waffle on so, too so, long. So let's just be perfectly clear. That's part of the, the picking comp, is it? No, that's going to be its own separate one. So we'll have two. Yeah, so it's just three games. Um, so I'll win that one. Yeah. yeah, so you so won it last year because of the regular season one. We've got the cup competition, then we've got the finals. We've got three, we just yeah. got them everywhere. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, I'll keep track of the numbers, so it's fine, Paul. Um, but yeah, that one we only have to bring up every now and then. I don't have to do a nice little pretty table for it, I don't think. But round 14, we've got the first game Cowboys versus Dragons. Simon and myself have both picked the Cowboys. We normally have a nice little picture, but the NRL have forgotten there's a round because state of origin is life. So um, they haven't even given me a nice picture yet. So we have a nice picture of a ladder. Um, 
Right, yeah. First game, Cowboys versus Dragons. Me and Simon both picked Cowboys. What say you, Richie? I picked Cowboys. Easy. You picked Cowboys as well. Yeah, should be easy. Um, that is, yeah, Friday. Saturday, we've got Titans and Rabbitohs first. Simon and myself both picked Rabbitohs. I pick Rabbitohs. Rabbitohs yep. as well. Titans All are right. awful. Yeah. Um, and then also on Saturday, we've got Rooster Storm. Simon and myself have both picked the Storm in this one as well. I think they'll be too strong for the Roosters. I'm pretty sure they will be too strong for the Roosters. All right. So you are <laughs> copying me again. Yeah. Um, then the last game on Saturday, because of Origin, we've got three games uh, back to back on Saturday again. Um, we have got Broncos Raiders. Um, Simon and myself have both gone Broncos, I think. Hold on. I, I think he wrote Raiders. I might have write them down wrong. So I've picked them. Who have you picked? I went Broncos, but I think this will be a great game. I might have been swayed if it was in Canberra, but oh, wait. it's no, I found it. No, he did pick Broncos as well. Yeah, yep, cool. I've gone Broncos. Cool. Yeah, all right. And now we're getting into territory where we differ. So we have the um, first game on Sunday is Tigers versus Sea Eagles. I have picked the Sea Eagles, and Simon has picked the Tigers. I went Sea Eagles. He went Sea Eagles. I know he's yeah. picked the Tigers due to the bounce back after firing a coach. Yeah. Um, hope you're right. Um, next game on Sunday is Knights Panthers. We have both picked the Panthers. Who have you picked? Oh, do you need to ask? You have picked That's the a, a, Knights. No, the Knights. definitely yep. not. The, the Panthers are an automatic tick, aren't they? They are. Um, then the last game on Sunday is Warriors Sharks. Simon going with his approach of picking a team that's just sacked the coach. He's gone with the Warriors. I have gone with the Sharks. Um, I know who you've picked if you're oh, true to your word. God, I hope you're going to be right, Simon. Yeah, I'm true to my word. I said never again. So, um, yeah. You're picking Sharks. Yep. All right. For the, for the foreseeable future, anyway. You refuse to pick the Warriors again. I am not <laughs> yeah. that naive. I will pick them if I see some improvements. I just don't see it. I'm hope. I hope Simon's right in this one. Me too. Me too. Um, and then the last game, which is on Monday because it's Queen's birthday in Australia, um, it's Bulldogs Eels. Simon and myself have both picked the Eels. I went Eels. The Bulldogs normally put up a pretty good fight against the Eels, though, in the Western Sydney derby. But, yeah, I still win Eels. All right. So you and I have picked exactly the same again, Richie, which you I anticipated. Copycat. You're a copycat, mate. Yeah. I picked my picks a few days ago. Um, and Simon is different. So Simon could, if his go his way, he could get past you. Um, so he is back the two teams that now don't have coach. Um, and yes, Simon said Queen has a lot of birthdays. Yeah, that is true. Um, so yeah, before uh, we've got some Super League, I know we have gone really long. Um, not really much has changed in the Super League. St. Helens is still at the top. Catalans are still second and Wigan still third. Catalans did lose to Uddersfield, uh, 22-14. Um, and Wigan, um, Wigan won against Castleford, 32-12. Um, and St. Helens bet to lose, 28-14. So those are the, the big dog games. And um, looking at it, Wigan are playing Salford next week. 
Catalans are playing Hull FC and St. Helens are playing Hull KR. So I anticipate all three of them will win that and it'll still stay in the same position on the ladder. Um, but yeah, not much else to, to add there. Simon said, um, NRL's Auckland's up against the Auckland Blues Union side. That's going very well. Yeah, I don't think there's enough room in Auckland for another NRL club um, myself. But um, I just let's focus on getting the Warriors home first before we start talking about expansion. Um, anything else you want to add, Richie or Paul? No, thanks to everyone tuning in and throwing comments our way. And Paul, um, Paul doing it, his job so well as always. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in tonight and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, and see Simon's just commented. Go the Mighty Maroons indeed. Let's hope Queensland get a good win because Richard will be miserable next week. Let's go New South Wales. So um, thank you again for joining me, Richie. Thanks for your help, Paul, in the background. And good night, everyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 